This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. How good is it for us that part of our, like, aesthetic of this show is just, like, bad? <laughs> it's just doing things poorly. Like, oh, welcome to Almost Entirely Sports, where we purposefully cut off the music for comedic effect and leave long pauses and also say things that just don't make sense. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. We mentioned last night that there was like mid-show news that uh, Travis Barker, the um, longtime Blink-182 drummer, and and he's done even more sort of interesting collaborative stuff in this sort of this act of his he career. Was, and this this was well before this act of his career, but he was in Angels and Airwaves, wasn't he? I think that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was two of the Blink-182 guys uh, did Angels and Airwaves for couple years i don't know how i don't think it was that long but uh it was tom delong and no we were wrong ah. so never mind uh he's done a lot of stuff with, with good good, ba- good good band to remember back in the day angels, angels and airwaves 100 dude I, I loved angels and airwaves um i gotta see what other um other projects that Travis Barker's done, but he's done a lot of stuff with like like uh, Willow Smith, and he's done a bunch with now like with Black Bear and everything. But some more modern, like modern, that makes Travis Barker sound a thousand years old. Um, but he's sort of ushered, like helped usher in kind of a new era of I don't know pop punk influences and everything. It's been very cool. Anyway, he was rushed to the hospital yesterday, and and we briefly mentioned it on air. And I just saw on Twitter that they they have the cause of all of this now, and that he is reportedly dealing with pancreatitis. And I got to tell you, folks, the first time that a pancreas just works well for your entire life, if you get that, if you just if you just live your life with a good pancreas, consider yourself among the lucky ones. Because if I if I see a just if I just see a pancreas out in the street, there's gonna be beef. Between me and every pancreas. Box Car Racer was the band I was thinking of because that was oh. Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker were in that one together. That's who I was thinking of. I was a big Angels and Airwaves guy. So I was definitely, Not, I, was, I don't really, I, I, yeah, I don't really I like remember Box Car Racer as like a band that I listened to. I just knew of them. I knew those two were in something else together. Angels and Airwaves, though, yeah, there was like, are they back? There was, was a song or two together that just like clicked, just really hit back in like 2008, maybe. Okay, well, let's take a trip down memory lane here. Um, I'm trying to figure out which of these. Yeah, so hold on. I think I'm now thinking that they might have. They hold on. On May 11th, 2021, they released a single and a music video, and then an album in September 2021. So Angels and Airwaves is back. You couldn't hear this. Just when but you thought they were dead, they're back. Rudy on the other side of the glass with his microphone off when I said that went, they're back, baby. I could see it. I did. I could see it from here. This is 100% <laughs> what I did. That's how you know we're into it. At the bottom of the Wikipedia page, it says, Angels and Airwaves' music style has generally been regarded as alternative rock, space rock, 
art rock yeah, space, and neo prog. Space rock actually feels right because um, I'm trying to remember the their, the big song was very like I would say spacey. I'll find it. Yeah, it's just that the here's my issue. The the phrase space rock already means something different. We, Does it though? We already if you say hey, how do you feel about space rock? I guess if it was singular like that, I would be a little confused. But I'd be like, oh, I'd love to have a space rock. That'd the be cool. Adventure was the song I'm thinking of. What was it? The Adventure. That 2006. That feels like the right era for sure. Did they do a song called like? No, I don't think that's. I think that, I was just thinking of a 30 Seconds to Mars song, which you know, a mistake that we, I'm sure many have made before. The Got music it. video for the song is very spacey. I Empire is the album the art that looks like the uh, looks like a, a, a the original Star Wars poster a little bit. I, I think I got that was one of the albums. Here's the story. Here it is, and it's also why this album is apparently the one that I'm going to remember the most in the Angels Nervous catalog. Do you know it's possible to unknowingly um, and Rudy is now fully jamming on the other side of the class. I mean, the, the music At least turn video, the camera on for yeah, Twitch yeah, just to right. watch you the, just jam. The the music video for the adventure like literally takes place in like uh, what looks like the Death Star. Like it, like space rock, I might be like the best description of kind of the vibe that they give off. I wish I could think of what this song sounds like right now. Which computer do you have it open on over there? I also want to get laptop. DMCA'd or uh, otherwise. It's on my laptop. In trouble. All right, fair enough. Um, I Empire, I I got and put into my iTunes in a way where I was as a I think Statute of Limitations is up here. It's been ten years at least. I would say that at age 13, 14, 15, I very, very, very frequently would would rent out um, CDs from the local library. And then I would take them home and I would open the CD-ROM drive. I would put it in there in the, in the computer and then I would wait for iTunes to recognize it and then I would import those songs into my iTunes library. Nothing wrong with that. And then I would take the CD back. Did nothing wrong. At literally no point ever did I... Because it's... What's the difference between that and a book? If I get a book and I read it and, and send it back... No, you're right. I can't... I can't digitally read that book whenever I want. What well, if you I took... Could, you could transcribe it onto a, uh, onto yes. a Word document. Yes. And then, you know, essentially just... Or or if you had a scanner... What if I took a picture of every single page of a book and then returned it to the library? Have I committed a crime? Have I no. stolen a book? No. Have I... You wouldn't download you a car. steal a book? I mean, you... No, you legally can't steal books. Public domain. Every book is public domain. Absolutely. If you walk into a Borders, which totally, I'm sure, still exists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually one not far from here. Really? Yeah, in uh, Town Center. If you walk into a Borders and oh, wait, you no, just... Barnes & Noble, not Borders. I think Borders went out of business. I think Borders Barnes & Noble is a better one than you. I, it's I just think, a better Borders. I think that's right. I think you're right. I think we just... Better Borders? Just put Barnes & Noble in charge. Solves all of our problems, right? Boy, I wish it wasn't only. Oh, it's eight ten. Hey, that's fun. It's at eight ten on uh, on on 
June 29th. That's precisely 810 that Rudy ended the show. I got to go. You do, uh, the, you saying the date just reminds me of something. So you do know it's June 29th, correct? Yes. You saved files in our folder. Files today. Yeah, what did I do? July 4th. You labeled file 7-4-22. I was like, huh. I believed it for a second. For a minute. I was like, yeah, that's the date. And I was like, wait a second. That doesn't feel right. Why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? It's it's just it's just far enough away, but not too far away that I genuinely don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just excited for it's holiday weekend. Holiday weekend? I don't. But I can guarantee. So there there would have been I think what four files in there with that same with that three three that I saw. I think there'd be four. You ought to go check three. I think there are four. There are definitely there definitely would be four. What would have happened is that I did it once, and then I just clicked the file name, and then just changed everything except for the day. I do that all the time. Yeah, I only see three because I'm assuming that fourth file you saved in somewhere. <laughs> none of them have the. None of them are raw recordings. Nope. I mean, there is the the raw recordings with no. Um, no yes. Nothing that I added. Yes. There's three of them. One, two, and three. But there's not a full one, which is why I assume it's the fourth one. Where did I save that one? <laughs> I get some bad file management today, huh? I've left them labeled seven four because, I mean, why wouldn't I? Because it'll be confusing in a week. <laughs> I mean, I did label the 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 edited files as six dash two. Right, you fixed them for yourself. Sure, yeah, no, that's good. I don't know why I did that. What I, my only argument is that I did it once mm-hmm. and then just just, just re clicked yes. and, and rewrote it or whatever. Uh, I don't um, think that you deliberately typed out seven dash four dash two two four separate times. I, I believe that that is the case. I, mean, I didn't deliberately do it once, even, well, but I didn't accidentally. I, mean. I didn't accident. Yeah, I didn't think it was the fourth of July, but I have no idea. Why I would have, because it's not that I wrote seven twenty nine twenty two or six twenty nine twenty one, which I'm nope. I will do again soon. I'm sure. I was like, today feels like the Fourth of July. Let's put that in there. The Royals won. Fireworks were being shot. Yeah, that's uh, Rudy. I gotta be honest. When the Royals win, you get delirious. I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, I can't. Like my blood sugar was late. It wasn't. It was fine. Man, you should just use that. I mean, you have a safety. You have an out every time. Yeah, my blood sugar was just a little low. I got to save it for when I really need it, though. I think that's something you can use as many times as you want. Who's really going to question you on it? That's a good point. That's a good point. Not having... Like chicken pox, you only got that once. (laughs) You you only got that excuse one time. Other or the and then this is a smart the smart play. I had a buddy in college who like when he started when he got his first job in college, part of his interview process was letting him know was like, hey, I I, I genuinely genuinely or generally suffer from walking pneumonia, so it comes and goes. So he could just like every three oh weeks, goodness. once a month, just call out sick for a day or two, Are get you paid. Kidding? What a genius! I was just like, man, that is see, you got you got to lay that groundwork in early. Wow, in the interview. Have you told Smart that? Man. Have you told that story to Lebo? Because every once in a while, so. every once in a while, Lebo will jump out from behind me and just stab me in the arm, and then just try to get some of that blood onto a test strip just yeah. to see what my blood sugar is, um, to test and see if I really do have diabetes or not. 
maybe he thought I was really laying it. Maybe I was deep in, deep in character acting. That's Lebo, man. He's a he's good. you're not getting nothing past him. Man. He's a stickler for sure. He knows everything. Why did I? Did I wonder if he knows why I wrote seven four twenty two? Well, there are some mysteries that the world will never solve. That really is going to be one of them. I don't. The only I'm, people we can count on to solve mysteries like that is great space rock groups like Angels and Airways. Because they they're they're up in the mysteries of the of the universe, playing music to the gods. All right, you've asked me a question in this segment, which is why did I label that that way? That's a fair question. I didn't have an answer for you. I have a question to return to you. No. Let me ask the question first. Possibly. Will Whitmer Merrifield ever be good again? No. I mean, like, what's the definition of good again? Do we mean, like, for, like, a full season? Like, because, no. Will he have, like, hot stretches here and there, like Carlos Santana? Yeah, probably. For, like, a full season, prolonged? No. Do you know what fills me with a no, with a with, you know what fills me with a, 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 a infuriating rage? I mean, a lot of things. Yeah, true. In this very specific context related to Whit Merrifield, Bill O'Brien. That was number one for me for sure. Here's 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 what really irks me. This was so obvious that this was. The script, this went pretty much according to plan. Whit Merrifield was uh, a, you know, late bloomer, if you want to call him that. Late, he, you know what either, he really was? He was a late opportunity getter, yeah, to be honest. I was going to say, he was either a late bloomer or the Royals, and I think it's prob- probably a little bit of both, really bleeped up their evaluation of him. Could, yeah, I would say it's, I think it's some a of little both. bit of both. And from that moment on... Whit Merrifield played great baseball at a billion positions for a nonsense team with that was playing for nothing. Right? Well, no, Josh, Josh, Josh. They have been they went into this year competing to win. They went into last year competing to win. And they've ended they every the year, year before that nowhere to win. near competing to win. Dave Moore believes this team is ready to win now. Now. Right here and now. Nonsense team might be right on that edge of maybe maybe just a breath too far. I admit that on the front end. Let me what I here's here's here is the no jokes added version. Okay, one good week and they're back in the race. Here's my no jokes added version. I can't speak for what Rudy will say. Oops, no jokes is the serial that I'm opening up right now. Here's what is infuriating me about the Whitmerfield whole deal. Now there's a little, now there now there's murmuring of either bench him and end his streak and see if he can you know figure some of this stuff out, which that's a whole another issue. They have just been throwing him out there every like the the man should have gotten a break two years ago. Yeah. But they've just got to have the streak going. And maybe he wants. I'm, I would imagine that he wants to continue First, the streak. Absolutely. I don't but, begrudge him that one bit. I didn't but begrudge the Salvador's job is to and that's right. to step in I, and Dane Moore also step in and be like, hey guys. I this is what we need to do. I don't begrudge Salvador Perez one bit for if, if he could be out there right now, if he could cut off his thumb and go just go DH with, with nine total fingers, I bet he would at least consider it. If that would speed up his return. I don't begrudge that man one bit for that. And in some ways, you have to admire it, right? Those just want to be out there. That's awesome. 
with Whit Merrifield, though. He, here's the no-jokes version again. He has not played a meaningful baseball game for this team. And he's not going to. And we knew he wasn't going to, what, minimum three years ago? Yeah, there were some, I guess you could say semi, but not semi, some uh, false meaningful games. Yes. Games that you thought were yes. meaningful like in 2016 and 17, but the reality is they just they just weren't. And you just said 2016 and 17. But I'm yeah, saying yeah. minimum three oh, years yeah, 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 ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Minimum. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, since 2017, and again, you could you could make an argument of how real were, how really meaningful were those meaningful games because I think the Royals, like they've done for, I mean, since, since 2016 and misevaluated their team. Um, but, but, but starting in 2018, there's not, I mean, just, there is no beating around the bush. There's, there's been nothing. nothing. And, and this... Other than opening day, I guess, because technically everybody's in it. This is the cost of self-delusion. Of, oh, we're just so close. We can't trade Witt and Merrifield. We're so close to, to getting to that spot where he's going to help get us there and help get us over the hump. And none of this reflects on Witt Merrifield. None of this is about him. None of this is about anything he's done. Other than play good baseball. But you just have this, you have these stretches from, from 2018 through now, at minimum. You at least had your 500 baseball teams that had some breadth of time in, a, in contention, all of that, fine. I'm not even going back that far anymore. But the best finish this team has seen in their own pedestrian division is second to last. And now you're at a point where Whit Merrifield is 33 years old, playing the worst baseball that, that he has played in this stretch as a professional. And now you go, you know what? I'm not sure if he's going to be a part of our next three years. And it's probably going to be three more years before we really see meaningful baseball. And maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe it'll be two years. Maybe, maybe next year they'll see a step forward. But do you know what's not going to play meaningful games for, for the Royals? We're not going to play playoff games for the Royals? A 35, 36, or 37-year-old Whit Merrifield. Obviously. But it was obvious to most of us, at least by 2018, that a 33-year-old Whit Merrifield was never going to play playoff games for this team. And this is where it costs you. So now you're, gonna, you're going to just simply sell low? You're going to hope that he gets a hot streak and that some team needs a versatile outfielder or a versatile defender overall, I should say, that, that can play anywhere and has hit well recently, just not terribly recently. It's just, Whitney Airfield's value has never been lower than it is right now. Not, not since he became an a, a unbenchable utility machine and, and also in large part like a very good second baseman. I don't, again, none of this is... I hope none of this is degrading to what Whit Merrifield has done. He's just he's just spent it toiling on a team that was never as close as they proclaimed to be. And so now we're in this spot of, all right, we're finally willing to consider trading Whit Merrifield. Yeah, no bleep, man. He's not playing well right now. And it's too late. Whenever there have been conversations about the Royals making a trade that hurts, it's always about trading a, a top prospect for a pro-ready center fielder or something. The trades that seem like they would hurt the Royals the most are just letting go of players at a time when, yes, it they are not husks of themselves at this point. That This is the time to sell. 
Let and hey, do do Whit Merrifield a favor. I'm just picking a random team that I know could use just simply better players. Should have let him leave with the Angels when they were in town. Just let him get on the plane. I have no idea what their farm system looks like. I, I really don't. I don't think you're getting Trout or Otani back. So beyond that, you know, who's to say? But let let him go play for the Angels are a bad example for this. But like a, a team that's either contending or is actually within within striking distance of playing meaningful baseball. Do that as a favor to him, if not as a favor to your own team, which should still be your priority if you are a baseball team. But again, this is this is the price of a 500 team is actually a World Series contender. No, they weren't. A 100-loss team is actually very close to, to being a 500 team. No, they weren't. Well, now this now actually they're going to... No, they're not. This team has been several moves away for a long time. And right now, the only the only way that they are actually close is if all of these prospects that have just hit the, the, the big leagues continue to to be like borderline stars. Like Bobby Witt has to be a star. MJ Melendez has to be exceptional. Uh, Vin Pasquatino could just be a major league hitter. You could probably live with that. Eventually, Nick Prado is going to have to come up and be a plus, plus player. And... Not but, and it still comes down to your pitching. This pitching staff could get there. You could believe in the the chances specifically if they change their approach to be vague. If they had an approach to be blunt. But it absolutely infuriates me that here on either June 29th or July 4th, 2022. Who can say which? Who could possibly know which? It applies on both days, I imagine. I think it will still apply five days from now. Or five days before. The fact that we are here now, like, huh, boy, could the, could the Royals really trade with Merrifield? Yeah, and they should have done it when the return could have been more meaningful. Not just even in the quality of player, but also in the timeline. There's also part of me that's still like skeptical about whether or not this team is actually going to like make some actual significant trades. Oh yeah. Like, no, I, no, if Whit Merrifield ends the season on this team, I won't be surprised. I'll just be even more upset. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Attendee is either. And then he doesn't resign. And here's the deal. If you resign. If Ben Attendee doesn't get traded and doesn't sign a long-term deal. No, don't turn my microphone down. I want no, this I'm to not, clip. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I, I wasn't going to. I will freak out. And the fact that it's. It's it's so hard to get meaningful assets in baseball. It's, it's and a, to just let them wilt in your hands is malpractice. And I think the thing that really sucks is the fact that like. God, I hope they don't do that. Plausible, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, which it should. Yeah, it no. shouldn't because I, I mean, it, again, like, it, I, and I don't think the Royals need to do everything a hundred percent like what Tampa Bay or Milwaukee does. Part of that is because I don't think you can do anything exactly like another organization does. Sure, right? There's just so many pieces, but you can pick and choose, right? You need to kind of create your own thing, but you create your own thing kind of from picking pieces from here, from here, from people, all that stuff, right? We see Tampa Bay do this all the time of getting rid of guys, not in walk years, but in two years before they're going to walk. Why? Because they know, hey, Blake Snell's not going to resign with us. And and we have a chance now 
to get real assets, not waiting until the trade deadline in which we could get good assets, but we have a chance to get real, actual assets, players that can be with yes. us for six, seven years. And we may they may only be there for four years because we may then do the same. But you know what? We're going to have this steady streamline of players because we're going to be smart. We're going to be proactive. We're going to actually be able to recognize. I know people don't like, oh, like being an Oakland fan has got to be super frustrating at times. So don't get me wrong. But I do also respect the fact that they know, hey, this isn't our year. We're not, we, we, we cannot win this year. There is not, a, there is not a, a path to winning. It's time to blow it up and start over. And Oakland has shown the ability to start it over pretty quickly. Have they won a title? No. I, I think that is largely bad luck, which is, hey, I think baseball has the most luck involved in all the sports because they, they've had, under Billy Bean, They've had countless teams that were good enough to win a World Series. They just mm. didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that that sucks. But like, I mean, 2014 when the Royals beat them in the in the world in the wild card game, that team was good enough to win a World Series. They just did it. That's baseball sometimes. But like, they know who they are. They know what they are. And yeah, at times it sucks. But like, I wish the Royals did that because the the most frustrating part is it's not that they've been bad since 2017. It's that they legitimately believe. That they have been close. That they they went mm-hmm. into just about every year. I don't want to say every year. I'm sure in some of those years, you know, they 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 probably had an idea. Hey, this this might not be good. But in a good amount of these last four or five years, they have went into it thinking, you know what? We could we can make a run. We can make a run at 500, which is even more frustrating because 500 is nothing. Doesn't mean anything. But they legitimately believe, you know, if, if the right. We get the right breaks. These things happen. This things happen. We're we're in it at the deadline. Then we make the right move. We go get our another Benzobras or whatever. And they have just been so wrong about the talent that they have on their team. It's it's a great point because I think that might be the most frustrating thing to be miserable at for any organization is not meaning to tank and tank right and taking it, is frustrating because it, it means it means maybe you can or can't evaluate externally. But you you can't even judge yourself. You can't self-scout realistically. You don't know what you have juxtaposed to the rest of your sport. I mean, they know they have good attitudes, but good attitudes don't win your baseball games, man. It's not enough of them. You, you know what? Here's, here's one thing I will add to, to that thing because that has come up enough now that it's a thing it's hard to win with a bad attitude yeah but it's impossible to win without a good team yeah <laughs> you you it, a bad attitude can absolutely cut the legs out from underneath uh, a good organization but a good organization with a good attitude and nothing else to show for it is not enough that's i mean that's just what that is you can you can build your roster out of 53 lance longs but if they're or all twenty-five because bil- it's baseball, I'm going. I'm I'm remembering Todd Haley in this sacred moment. Please, thank you. Please don't. Todd please. Haley likes baseball. Scott Pioli, maybe. I think Scott Pioli said the Lance Long thing. I think it was wasn't it Haley? I don't know. It doesn't. Who's to say? Who's to say? One and the same. Am I right? Yeah. What and, and just one of them. One of them kind of looks like like a suited up Mister Clean, and one of them looks like Mister Dirty, Mister Clean's nemesis. We should have known that pairing was never going to work. That was never going to happen. It was Mr. Clean and Mr. Dirty, the GM head coach so duo good. that was going to take back the AFC West. God, what could have been? What could have been with those two? What was with those two? I mean, come on. Are could you kidding have been even me? Better. By better, I mean worse. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna take us through break here now, so I can go try to Google a couple of pictures of Scott Peel and Todd Haley, so I can tweet out that they look like the, the casting of Mr. Clean and Mr. Dirty in a live action Mr. Clean spinoff movie. I'd watch that movie. Say so you'd watch that movie. This is almost entirely sports with Joshua Briscoe. One thing that Tequila Cowboy is, is getting sued by me because that's my nickname. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. I got mad about the Royals during the break again, so here we are. Because you you mentioned, Rudy, that teams with... I don't know if it's more guts or more confidence in their own process. I don't. I genuinely. I don't. I do not know what the underlying issue is here. But teams that will move players with multiple years of control left on their deal. I feel like the Royals did actually buck that trend somewhere within this last year or two. That I'm. I'm trying to place who it who it would have been. But it has just. And if if that didn't happen, then this. Then I don't even need to couch this. I think we. Davis might have had a year and a half left on his deal. Did did Herrera? I don't think Wade Davis did. I feel like Herrera was at the end, the last year of his. Maybe as so. Well. I uh, so if you know if anybody watching on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube or anything wants to remind us of any if what what the Royals' last trade was or last couple trades were of a player with multiple years on their deal and it wasn't you know then maybe maybe it hurt a little bit to make that move. I, I don't remember. If there was a specific player that I'm I'm thinking of, but it that part notwithstanding or withstanding, it feels like it has always been understood that if you were calling the Royals, you were calling them. I don't know this. I'm this is me. I'm outside looking in here, but it felt like if you were calling the Royals, you were calling them about the players who had half a season left on their current deal. I. I I'm trying to remember again, like a, a trade that may have that may have been a little bit painful beyond just we hate to see him go. You know, Danny Duffy going to LA is is, is one of it's like oh man, you know, forever royal and all of that. Like that's all that's all real and that can all be around and everything. But it, he also hasn't pitched since any of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And. I just don't know how you survive, at, particularly as a small or even mid-market baseball team, when you refuse to be transactional on a level that occasionally has you giving up a year and a half. I'm not even talking about three full years. I'm saying when you give, if you can't bring yourself to give up a year and a half of, let's say, a player in his early 30s, which for Whit, Whit Merrifield it could have been, it, it could have been any number of times, uh, you know, contract there, notwithstanding the, the timing of some of those things. But you have so many opportunities to move guys in their late 20s or even now or in early 30s. If all you're willing to do is sell, it, it, you're not you're not selling, you're renting. We, we literally call moves like that rentals. You, we literally say, all right, so they uh, made a trade for Danny Duffy on a, you know, the, the, the final year of his deal. It's a three-month rental for the Dodgers. Let's see, you know, what comes of it. Whatever. It just feels like it's always that. Now, a couple things. Like, I mentioned Mike Miner earlier in the show, and then again with Carlos Santana. Um, I actually didn't mention Mike Miner. I thought about Mike Miner. I saw a tweet about... Hold on. I saw a tweet about Mike Miner 
a few days ago that I had the specific thought of like, file this away, remember this. Because I think it was our friend Max Reaper from Royals Review who had asked like, is this the first time we've seen the Royals send cash with the player? Maybe I said this on the home stretch today. It's been a, you know, who knows. Who um, said somewhere at some time? And I'm saying somebody. it, I'm definitely, someone said it sometime and I'm saying it now. They said, yeah, they, they sent cash with Santana and like he just gave him a duffel bag of cash. Like, hey, just give this to the owner of the team when you get there. And then they also did with Mike Miner. Those are both John Sherman things, which is interesting because nobody in the mentions at that time had a David Glass example, which is sort of interesting. And, you know, that not surprising. And I don't know how much that and how much of Dayton Moore ended up being a part of that conversation. I, I don't know if that's John Sherman and J.J. Piccolo. I, you know, you get your moving parts and then finding where to put blame and credit can be difficult. But even that feels like a step in the right direction for the Royals. And again, that seems like a, that's an ownership thing. Because it's John Sherman's money. He's Venmoing the Mariners six million dollars or whatever. It's got to be a test on their servers, but you really got to double check that. The, you got to get like the phone number and the username. You you can't accidentally send that to like the Seattle Mariners, like where or the the Seattle Mariners, where the L is actually a capital I. All of a sudden, you've sent millions of dollars of cash to just some dude who is squatting on a username. Anyway, I just don't, I don't know how you survive in baseball, again, unless you have money to spend to cover up your mistakes, or money to spend to bring in more talent, you know? I don't, I don't know how you win as a small to mid-market team without being transactional in that way, and for the Royals, the answer is correct, you don't, and haven't, for a long time. If you nail the draft and get your pieces exactly right and a lot of things come together and you end up in a miracle getting Lorenzo Cain in town, then then you can you can find your way playing meaningful baseball. I just don't think it's very repeatable. Getting back to 2018, and the Royals, at least, and I'm at the very end of 2018, so, so I basically still have that whole year to scroll through. The lack of players that they have traded away. Yeah, it's and that might be because of the lack of good players they right. had. But the fact that like the biggest name was probably Jason Adam, who I assume had multiple years of control left, but was not good with the Royals. So like, I it, it was a it was one of those little blip in the radar trade, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody remembers that Jason Adam nope. necessarily was a Royal. Nope. Okay, here's the Royals trade, Kelvin Herrera. That was back in 2018. I'm gonna click on this article and uh, we'll see. Uh, you check on it. In see the what's me- up. In the meantime, I have an analogy that I have find that I think I have pulled together here, and I wonder if it's gonna work for people. I'm gonna try though. If you are one of the people who ended up in on crypto early, and then got out of crypto at a good time to get out of cryptocurrencies. You made a lot of money partially by being plugged into what was happening there and to being knowledgeable about what was happening there and doing your your due diligence and, and your work there, even if it was just scrolling through uh, you know, subreddit. He was an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. It wasn't him either. He's only 32, by the way. If you if you made money buying and selling crypto and 
you're you're living a better life for it now. Congratulations. You played the game and you won it. But then if you've spent the next six or seven years trying it with whatever was next for you and you never successfully did anything other than lose large amounts of money on an annual basis, I would not say, I would not go to you for investment advice. I would no longer want you managing my portfolio. You hit it big, you you bought Bitcoin before everybody was buying Bitcoin and you sold it before anybody was selling it. That's huge. But th- you did that in 2015 in this analogy. If all you've done since then is lose money, I have lost my faith in you as a as an investor. Or even, let's say you made a bunch of money on NFTs in two years. I would still not go to you for investment advice because I don't necessarily think that your process is repeatable. I think you ended up with your feet on a rocket ship if it went any of these, any of the the, the uh, digital digital rides of the moon that you could have gotten. You may have hit it big by getting everything right for, for a two-year period. I, that does not mean I look at your success and I see that's repeatable. Do it again. Let's keep doing this for another decade. That is my analogy for the, the current Royals and, and Dayton Moore experience. They did enough right in that window for those world, the World Series appearance and the victory the next year. That is a tremendous a tremendous run, a tremendous effort, and those banners will fly forever and that, that Bitcoin money in your bank will stay in U.S. dollars and will more or less be worth more or less the same, more or less forever it's a you know it's a funny time this that's is, my that's my analogy for for why i would not let date more manage my money this would be a good question to ask especially lesky tomorrow just because he just you know he's been a royals fan for so he's long a huge nft guy and just no oh. <laughs> no uh what i'm about to mention but i just looking at trades i i think the last trade that hurt the royals like royals fans mm-hmm. might have been will myers for james shields and wade davis and there were other guys involved well, and, that, in that. and that backfired so hard that they and it well, okay, huh. but that was prospects. Let's go to establish big leaguers for prospects, right? The reverse. Because um, they traded prospects for established big leaguers. Sure. Um, I think the last trade of those that hurt was Zach Grinky. Yeah, where did he go? Milwaukee. What did, I can't remember. Um, I think that the... Didn't the Royals have an outfielder who was, like, the best player on that team during their World Series runs? Who Alex Frios? No, Nori Aoki? N- not Nori Aoki either. Who actually did come from Milwaukee? Funny enough, but no, there was a different. I think he played center field and like just crushed taters and um, like they said that like two thirds of the earth was covered by water and then one third of the earth was covered by this other guy. He Asides probably wasn't. Escobar. He probably wasn't involved in that Zach Greinke trade, right? Alcides Escobar? No, still no. Jeremy been, Jeffries. I've been passing over Alcides. Implicitly, I've been saying no to Alcides Escobar every time you said his name. Alcides Escobar. Yes. Did play some center field for the Brewers. Think about that. Alcides Escobar played center field for the Brewers, I think, before Lorenzo Cain ever did. That's incredible. Oh, Lorenzo Cain. Oh! Yeah, we got there. Do we take another break? Uh, yeah. It can be now. It can be in three minutes. It, this would be a good question, though, for Les, because he just remembers Royals history better if there's yeah. anybody that forgetting because like the way davis trade i thought was weird because it was a it was a i didn't think it was a bad trade but it was one of those it was like kind of caught in between building for the future but also trying to win now type of trades i just think it's hard to do both it's it's possible 
but you just you just really can't do that with just one trade with one player bringing in one player Jorge Soler obviously like there was he had multiple years of, of contract left there was hope he could help him now and in the future but it was just kind of a weird like there there was a little stretch there where they were trying to do both but they were trying to do to both too late basically just feels like that's kind of the story that's kind that's, of the story of the team yeah huh? so I, i'd be interested if lesky can remember anything other than because i think the last oh this hurts trading up prospects for big league players was the will myers trade and i think the last player for prospects trade that hurt was that grinky and i mean like hurt hurt not it's like oh i really liked that um, oh God, who's the car? John Jay. That's I right. liked John Jay. Yes. Like that, the, it was it was fine. You can try. Whoa, John hold Jay. on. Whoa, there's confetti falling from the ceiling. That's that's nuts. Oh, that. Hold on. I'm looking. I'm getting. I'm getting a note card right now. That's the first time that anyone has ever said I really like John Jay on this radio station. That's huge, Rudy. Congratulations. Mastrom, maybe. Did Mastrom hurt a little bit? I think Mastrom hurt like a little bit. All, all I really had was the John Jay bit. I don't know. I don't have anything on Matt Strom. I think Matt Strom hurt a little bit. I mean, it certainly hurt to watch Brandon Maurer pitch. There it is! This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. The Royals have a chance today to have the worst offensive stretch in the history of a game that's been played since Jesus was here. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll be joined by Sterling Holmes of the home stretch over on ESPN Kansas City here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, I was a, a guest on the home stretch earlier today and there was one thing that, that Sterling and I talked about briefly that I, I really wanted to talk more about with you Rudy um, because you said something when I walked in on Monday that um, has has stuck with me and it, I, I thought about this over the weekend as well it's a joke that I intend on continuing to use but it's also something about myself that I have realized this is a pretty big moment do you remember what you said when I walked in on Monday Hello. Probably shortly after that. What's up? How it was, was your weekend? It was something along the lines of, we both got a haircut. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember this now. And I think of myself as a person who notices things, notices small changes, whatever. When I walked in today, I noticed that you were rocking the new uh, all-white New Balance that you had mentioned uh, a Yeesh. week or so back. I don't know if I've seen this hoodie before, but I explicitly pointed out that I do. I dig it. I've worn it a couple times, but I don't know if I've worn it on like days because we haven't. We we had the since I bought it, there was just been a, a nice out of ASs, nice all the shows. It's just it's just a it is just a black plain hoodie, but it looks comfortable. It fits you well. It's very comfortable. It, it's good. I like I like it a lot. I'm probably going to buy uh, this in many different colors. Eventually, I need to. I mean, what kind of materials it made out of? Now that I'm looking at it, it's like the, is, it, uh, is it relatively thin? Is yeah, it really oh thin yeah, 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 very thin, very thin. It's I basically call it a long sleeve T-shirt, like with the hood. Like it, it's it's thin enough. I think it's not even necessarily a hoodie. It is in my, you know, my long sleeve tee with a hood. I might need you to drop the link. Oh, I also I have drop a new hoodie. Pulls. I have a new hoodie that I was telling you about that I need to to bring in at some point that I also think is a real game changer. Anyway. I say all of that to say that 
if you had not said, oh, we both got a haircut, I do not think I would have noticed that you got a haircut. This is not a criticism. This is flavor text for where I'm going. So, Rudy, you, how often would you say you get a haircut? Welcome, hi, welcome to how often do you groom yourself on almost entirely sports? That's been the, that's the theme of the show today. I try to about every three weeks. There have been times where I've gone five, even maybe six, but three-ish weeks is kind of about where where I'm, you know, where I'm at. I, I, and it's partially I want to at least once a month. Partially because your sister cuts your hair. Yes. And so you go it's see free. you go see the family, and it's free, yes. and so you have you know a pretty good you you can get a touch up. Not have to worry about what it's costing or whatever. But also my, my presence is my tip. Exactly. That's right. That's that's beautiful. I imagine that you probably wrangle the niece and I nephew for a, enough that I'm I'm sure she appreciates. I become the parent. I, I imagine that that's a, a trade that you're both pretty willing to make. My sister checks out for a day and I'm I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain now. And you got a sick new cut ready to go yeah they respect they don't respect you when you walk in with your shaggy hair you get a haircut though and they're like oh yes uncle rudy do they call you uncle rudy uh yes uh but they they generally do say uncle rudy but also my niece is at the age where no matter what i do she's like oh that looks bad she knows it hurts (laughs) me she knows she knows it brings me pain so she's like oh that it looks better before i'm like what so what you're telling me is that your niece will harass you just to make you feel bad and for no other reason. She is her mom's daughter. Sounds like your niece and I have a ton in common. She Did, is every bit my sister was at 10 years old. Do we think we could get her in for just like a segment of just like, Probably. Let's, let's just, let's ruin Rudy? It's going to be at Grave Wolf, Lo- Wolf Lodge tomorrow. Them to swing by before they go. Yes, yeah, yeah, swing through and let's just uh, let's talk about all of your uncle's inadequacies. Someone tells me she wouldn't be uh, uh, nervous to talk on the radio either. <laughs> I get that. I get that vibe. Uh, the the point of of that haircut portion is that I think everyone always knows when I get a haircut because here's the thing I've learned about myself and realized about myself. I get haircuts like an elementary schooler. I will. I will. Rudy is crying, laughing it's right now. It's pretty because it's pretty good. I. I it's can, true. Ex- having again nieces and nephews, like you know, my nephew goes as long as possible without getting a haircut until he's just like, I have to get a haircut. It's just how it is for me. Yeah. And, and maybe the realization, it, maybe this will be the time that I realize I don't have to live like this. But what I will typically do is get a haircut. And then also my general hairstyle, I, I can make it work it, Yeah, you don't, at different lengths. You don't look like, it's not shaggy as in like, oh, I haven't done my hair in weeks. Like, right. I It's presentable. I've got ways that I can make it work whenever it's it's longer. That's fine. But then eventually it gets to that, like, there is like a day when I go, oh my goodness, I want to shave off my head, my entire head, take the whole thing. And then I get a haircut and I'm like, I just want less, please. Just like, give me a nice fade. Give me, leave a little bit on the top. But if you want to make me look like Thor from whenever Thor got his short haircut. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Perfect. Thank you. Then that'll do. And so I get that haircut and then I grow it out for like six months and I repeat that cycle. So I might uh, need to figure that out. Hey, Sterling Holmes is next. But if you're watching on video streams, we don't get video for this hour. Don't worry about it. 18 or you can grab the podcast. If you're listening live, Sterling Holmes is next.